Welcome to the briefing room. I'm Devin Dwyer at ABC News in Washington with Mary Alice Parks, our Deputy Political Director, Justin Fischel of Pennsylvania Avenue Unit. Happy Friday to you. Thanks for joining us. What a week in Trump land and uh, in <clears throat> politics. It was a big one. And of course, uh, we have some breaking news uh, right now coming in here at ABC News. We're also closely watching that trial out in Virginia of Paul Manafort, President Trump's former campaign chairman, the jury, just asking the judge if they can leave early on this Friday at 5 o'clock. They're going to leave at 5. Does that mean we all get to leave at 5? Uh, maybe so. It also <laughs> means that we're going to be back at that courthouse next week. It does look like the jury is going to keep deliberating. Let's bring in our Catherine Falders, who's out there in Alexandria, Virginia, been covering the trial all along. Catherine, uh, what's the buzz on the ground there? This, uh, this jury looks like they're going to drag things on into another week. It sure seems like it. They had four questions yesterday, and the only note so far um, to the court was that they wanted to get out today at 5 o'clock. So there's no verdict yet. We haven't heard whether one will come today. It could come as soon as today, but as you mentioned, Devin, it seems as though this will drag through the weekend and into Monday, which is something the defense team views as a good thing for their client. At least that's what they say. And give us a sense of, the, of some of the, the optics, the color on the ground there, the feel of the suspense. I understand you've been spotting some of the various legal teams, the prosecutors camping out nearby. We've seen uh, what the jurors right. have been requesting. Give, give us a feel for what's, what's happening today. Yeah, so I'll give you a sense, and we'll flip the camera around a little bit. So behind us here, you see all of the stakeout cameras, everybody kind of waiting for something to come. Now, when we get that notice that a note has come from the jury to the court, um, a lot of times there's no indication as to what that note actually is. Is it questions? In this case, it was that they wanted to get out early. But it's interesting. We're, we're hanging out here. There's a, a, a hotel right across the street, and the defense team is in there, too. So we're just kind of all waiting in the same thing, for the same thing, packed into the same I heard they, uh, Catherine, lobby I heard they were playing. I, I, heard, I heard Manafort's oh. lawyers were, were playing, <laughs> spotted playing poker over there in the hotel oh lobby. yeah well we're all just uh, yeah playing uh, playing some games on the on the table in there that's we're kind of all um passing a little bit of time as we just sit here and, and watch our email Devin but I want to show you um this door right here is where the news will come out so when we saw that note come out earlier earlier today there's a bunch of people sprinting out of that door with the information um, written on legal pads because there's no cell phones allowed in there. So we're really uh, just waiting, waiting on, waiting on a verdict, waiting on another note, but it doesn't seem like they'll have any more questions today. And meanwhile, the president uh, making a little bit of news as well on the on the Manafort case, asked about it, guys, for the first time, yeah. uh, speaking yeah. about it for the first time right. since the jury began deliberating. Let's take a listen to what he had to say on his way up to some fundraising in New York. I don't talk about that. I, I think the whole Manafort trial is very sad. When you look at what's going on there, I think it's a very sad day for our country. He worked for me for a very short period of time. But you know what? He happens to be a very good person. And I think it's very sad what they've done to Paul Manafort. Thank you very much. And of course, Devin, if you believe the prosecutors, it was a sad day for the country for another reason. They are arguing that this man swindled American taxpayers out of millions of dollars in taxes and yeah. uh, cheated uh, the system by not registering as a foreign agent, by not paying taxes and keeping money offshore. It was remarkable to watch the president weigh in knowing that the jury was deliberating. Sounds like he could be setting the stage for pardons. Right. Well, of course, he wouldn't answer. He doesn't talk about that. Doesn't want to talk about that. Um, but uh, that is a definite possibility. We, we know he likes to pull the pardon trigger. And, and, and I don't see any reason why he wouldn't in this case. 
Paul Man the thing that Paul Manafort has going for him is that he has stayed loyal to the president. He did not cut any deal with Mueller. That's what's uh, priority number one with this president, and that's the best thing Mueller's, or, uh, Manafort's got going for him. There's a ripple effect of these sorts of comments from the president, too. It's continuing to undermine law enforcement in general, piling on that somehow law enforcement and federal prosecutors would be bringing up cases erroneously. And I keep wondering what that uh, could do to cases down the road, whether it's in D.C. or anywhere across the country. And with so many of these comments, uh, Bob Mueller no doubt taking note of the president's pushback mm. as well on mm -hmm. this case. Uh, the president also making a little bit of news of his uh, war of words with the former CIA director, uh, John Brennan, uh, which has escalated overnight. Big time. Big yeah. time. Yeah. He spoke about that again today. Let's bring in our Jordan Phelps, who was out there when the president was taking these questions. She's at the White House. Uh, Jordan, the, the president not backing down on, on John Brennan and seemed to suggest that he's nothing more now than a paid cable news pundit. Yeah, the president was asked by our John Carl there on the South Lawn if he was trying to silence his critics with the actions he's taking. The president denying that that's what he's doing. In fact, he said he's giving Brennan a bigger platform uh, because he's getting more notice than he was before. But what was interesting in the president's answer is he went on to kind of bemoan this ongoing witch hunt. So the president here sort of drawing indirectly, at least, this connection between the action he's taking on related to these clearances and this ongoing probe. So this is one space where the president has found he has some authority, some power to fight back, and he's taking full advantage of it. And I want to bring in our uh, Louis Martinez over at the at the Pentagon, who tracks not only what the military uh, does, but also the intelligence community. They fired back overnight, Louis, uh, in a pretty extraordinary letter from uh, more than a dozen former intelligence officials. I haven't seen anything like yeah. this in Washington right. in a long time. Same here, Devin. I mean, it's an unprecedented list. You're talking about 13 of the nation's top former senior intelligence officials, Robert Gates, uh, William Webster, uh, DNI James Clapper. It's just a very impressive list, and they all came together. Uh, most of them have served under different administrations, Democratic uh, or Republican, and they just said that they're united in this. They said that the actions by the White House, they just see this as an, action, an attempt to stifle <clears throat> free speech. Um, it's pretty strong language, uh, kind of eye-opening, actually, to see something like this. Um, and it's, it kind of reflects the, the notion that this is beyond politics, you know, uh, that the, this, the, the removal of the security clearances from uh, Mr. Brennan uh, has, has just kind of unified the national security professionals, um, the veterans who have been dealing with this throughout their careers, um, and they, they just don't think that this is right. Um, they think this is what's happening is just pure politics. Um, a political tool is what, when you read this letter, uh, it, again, it's a very strong language that the move by the White House is ill-considered, uh, that uh, this is a political tool, and it's, it's essentially going to be a, a chilling effect on uh, professionals in the intelligence and national security but, community. Of course, they say it won't be, right? And the I'm, president said as much today. He said he's actually elevating John yeah. Brennan by right. attacking him in this way. And Mary Alice, it's sort of something, it's sort of a pattern we've seen from this president. He likes to create these foils and sort of it animates his base when he is constantly fighting with the press, when he the finds intelligence the committee. Yeah. Right. But I think that the letter that Louis just hit on the mark, what was remarkable about that letter from the other former intelligence officials 
was that they said it's not about John Brennan, that in some ways the president has singled this man out, but the effect could have, uh, th there could be ripple effects throughout the intelligence community, yeah. that by looking as if you are punishing or, or um, having political retribution of some kind, you could silence other people who feel like they have a right to speak out, that should be able to speak out, and that political retribution is wrong. I think it also, it's a question of, he needs to be careful which battles he picks. Brennan has a lot of allies and a lot of allies in the military community. Bill McRaven, former Navy SEAL, former head of the Navy SEALs and Special Operations Command, the man who led the, the raid on bin Laden, as Martha Raddatz was telling us internally uh, yesterday, there are people who would crawl to hell and back to, 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 to listen to this man, Bill McRaven, and, and these are the type of people who are coming out now and saying, Mr. President, what you're doing is completely wrong. And before we move on, I mean, do you think, Justin, you've covered the intelligence community, do you think this is an issue that will have legs and stick? Will we still be talking about this in November, or is this just another blip on the radar of That's a good, Trump I, I think by no, honestly, I think the, the pattern that we do news these days in November, this will be ancient history. But, uh, it, but, you know, he has a tendency to go back to things, to reignite old debates. He loves to bring up the old stuff, and he does not back down from a fight, so it's, it could come up. I would just say one sort of technical note, and I'm curious what Louis thinks of this too. I, by bringing up this controversy and, and sort of this action that the president took, he's, he's ginning up an idea that I think is not true. This idea that former intelligence officials who worked under President Obama are actively working against him. Yeah. That's this cloud he's created with the concept of security clearances for former officials. When in fact we know just because John Brennan had a security clearance didn't mean he had access to documents. You still have to be invited to view classified right. information. Mm -hmm just means that you have sort of the respect of the federal government to potentially view classified information if they need your expertise in the future. And meanwhile, as he's clashing with the intelligence community, the military, he is getting a smackdown yeah. uh, on, on this military parade that, uh, that he had planned for November 10th, yeah. a, a parade that could cost north of $92 million. More on the facts in a second, uh, but let's bring back in Louis Martinez over at the Pentagon. Uh, they were the first to sort of make this announcement last night. The president's parade, the one that he was sort of obsessed about, Louis, is not happening. Uh, what's the real reason why not? I think it has to do with the cost. It's, the president's tweets this morning kind of reflect that he talked about this, this ridiculously high price. Uh, that He was blaming local politicians here in Washington, D.C. Uh, I guess the, the D.C. mayor later came back and said the cost was $21.6 million. They had provided a very detailed uh, list of items, including security, in terms, including EMTs, including sanitation. I mean, a very detailed list of what the costs are that are associated with this parade. But don't forget, that's just a portion of it, because the $92 million, $50 million of it was going to come from the military alone. It was going to be talking about the personnel being moved into place, the equipment that was going to be needed to uh, actually undertake this parade. But then there are all these uh, additional security costs from DHS, and now we know that a component of that was at $21.6 I mean, So I think the big driver here for the cancellation is definitely the money. This is a huge sum. Well, I mean, this is, this is millions well, it, more than they originally proposed, it's, right? It's not just the money. It's the optics, right? Exactly. So it's the political problem. This was scheduled to happen just um, four days after the midterm elections. So it would, have been an, it would have been a point of contention surrounding that day, surrounding the election. You had the American Legion come out and say, this money would be better spent on veterans. And they're not exactly a moderate group. No, and a lot of people pointing out those Korean war games that you canceled as a concession to Kim Jong-un. 
this is six times the amount of money you would have been spending on that. And you canceled that, Mr. President, because you said it was a cost issue. Of course, the president wants to spend the money on fighter jets, he says in his right. tweets now. So what are we so actually saying? So that's not really about veterans either. <laughs> so you could buy about one F-35 with the uh, price of this, uh, of this parade. But have no fear. He says he's going to reschedule Ooh. the parade. We could see it in 2019. Meanwhile... He's headed over to Paris in November for the 100th anniversary of the end of World War One. So right. he'll be there, there with his buddy Macron. Uh, but also there's this parade at Andrews Air Force Base right. that he says he's... Well, that seems to be a big question mark. I don't think there's a lot of intelligence about what exactly that well, parade is going to be. Louis <laughs> called them, right? Louis, you called uh, Joint Base Andrews? Yeah, I did. And they, they, they didn't know what I was talking about. You know, they kind of <laughs> referred me to their Facebook page, to the list of events that they have upcoming. They, they don't see that far into the future. So all I can tell you is that there's something in August, uh, but I don't think it's, this is the event that he's talking about. Um, it might be next year. It might be what is called the open house. that's associated with the big air show at Andrews. Right. Uh, but that's not going to take place until May. Uh, it's never so been called a parade, a, whatever it is. I mean, the president yeah. says he's going to go to Andrews for a parade. They've never held a parade, but we'll see. It would be Maybe a very short parade. I mean, Andrews is a big base, but still, it would be pretty short because not many people are going to see it. Uh, because it's only going to be for those on access. So it's got right. to be a big event where the general public can actually access the base. And then again, that's going to be other security issues just to begin with. But again, we're not sure exactly what the president's talking about for this scheduled big parade at Andrews in the future. ABC's Louis Martinez at the Pentagon. Yeah, Louis, thank the you so there. much. Uh, great reporting as always today. Thank you, sir. Uh, finally, if, it is, if it's Friday, it's Fact Check That's Friday, right. which oh, is so. uh, very yeah. exciting. Yeah. Uh, Justin Fischel is our man leading the charge every Friday on ABCnews.com and on ABC News, uh, the ABC News app. We have a thorough fact check of some of the president's yeah. uh, most misleading, controversial statements of the week today. Uh, you one have them, a fresh one up. Let's say, just take one of those. Okay, apart. one of them is a frack check. It's about hydraulic fracking. The president was in Utica, New York this week. He said, this town could have been a boom town, but because New York State doesn't allow fracking, which is where the digging for the natural gas, what's actually happening, the president said, is that surrounding states are tunneling under New York and sucking out and stealing their gas, um, and that the gas flows out everywhere. So we do a little fact check about the science there. Um, so let me just get this straight. So yeah. he's saying because of New York's politicians, he's been in this fight with Andrew yeah. Cuomo. Yeah. They ban hydraulic fracking. Which is a legitimate he's complaint. They are ceding this this natural resource to Pennsylvania and Ohio. Yes, yes. Sucking it's it away. It's also been a big debate in New York. It's been a lot. Of, everyone knows. It this is concept. a legitimate had a huge debate. debate okay. In the state so about what's it? the truth? Are they the losing? Truth the truth is that the, the, this gas. <laughs> nobody's going to steal their gas. Okay, they can decide whether or not they want to get it or not. But it's trapped inside of rock which is what fracking is all about. Fracking is all about fracturing rock open to let the gas out. Um, I guarantee you Pennsylvania is not going to drill under New York and steal their gas. So Utica, do not fear. That's not going to happen. All right. Much more of those fact checks on abcnews.com and on the app, like we said, every Friday right here in the briefing room as well. Meanwhile, it is now 80 days to those big midterm elections. We have full team coverage in the lead up to them. Pretty quiet week next week. There are no primaries on the calendar. No, next week is But we are tracking, uh, tracking the mid middle of the country and all right. their... Uh, and, and in two weeks, though, we have, well, just under two weeks, we have big primaries in Florida and Arizona, especially when we're talking about control of the Senate. Hard to imagine two states that matter more. Arizona's a big one. And our, uh, if you didn't check out yesterday our 538 forecast on the midterm elections, do check that out. Uh, otherwise, we hope you have a great weekend. I'm Devin Dwyer here at ABC News in Washington. Justin Fischel, Mary Alice Parks. Thanks for watching The Briefing Room. Have a great weekend.